You tune to Sirius FM 105.7. people when you read your namaz and you put a lovely athar and uh, when you have that uh, spirit in you yes uh, what is internal will show in the out uh, externally too internally and all in sync with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all in sync with spirituality and as uh, someone that has joined us on this uh, beautiful morning of uh, jumma 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 mubarak is our very own uh, mufti prime smith adaf on the work up a good and a wholesome individual, an individual that shakes the roots of the Table Mountain with Bayan's uh, second to none. Mufti Ibrahim. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing, Mufti Saab? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sure that you make me laugh, you know. Allah shukar, you know. Alhamdulillah, the new year is here. We are all asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his endless bounties and favors and blessings also. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all, Ji. I mean, Mufti Sahib, your questions are flying, literally flying down from the table mountain. It's coming down the cable way. Hey, that cable way is not stopping there. It's coming straight down to us here in Ikuruleni, people. And this question says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Is it a sunnah to exchange gifts on Ashura Day, uh, Mufti Sahib? Uh, Shafat, you know that uh, we are encouraged uh, through the hadith to be uh, generous uh, with regards to our family, those people under us, those people who we employ. And, you know, people in general, uh, we're supposed to increase their sustenance on this particular day by giving them an extra meal or giving them ownership of something or just being generous uh, is uh, what you are normally accustomed to doing. So uh, you know what uh, your financial situation is so that you can do. Uh, the giving or gifting of gifts in particular on Ashura Day, so that itself it is not a sunnah, you know. It is uh, uh, actually uh, if a person is used to giving gifts uh, throughout the year, then he can give a gift on Ashura Day and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, as we people tend to do today, and this is how innovation starts, that people will start uh, using this particular day and uh, they will make it incumbent upon themselves that every year they should uh, buy a gift for their family members, etc. Now, this is an innovation that is not part of Islam. It is absolutely no basis in Islam also. If you want to be generous, follow the hadith, uh, increase the sustenance, buy something nice for your family, uh, sweetmeats, etc., whatever is according to your capacity, then you'll be practicing upon the sunnah teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ji. Yeah, Mufti Sahib, you spoke about sweet meat, but what about fasting, or no, not fasting, feasting too on Ashura Day? You know, hey, after that, the people have a big chow, you know, hey, go and feed, feed many as possible. Your thoughts on that? Yes, uh, we've seen that happening also. Uh, you know, people will be cooking pots of food. I know some people keeping some of the kurbani meat for the day of Ashura, and uh, they'll be cooking food and distributing it amongst the poor people. There's no harm in that. Uh, whoever can feed. In fact, we should um, make an intention to feed the poor people this Ashura day. There's no harm in that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us abundantly for that. But if you also feast uh, after Maghrib and you fasted on that day, there's also no harm in that. But all in moderation, Shafat, all in moderation. We don't want to uh, eat excessively and then become ill the next day. Uh, we need to keep our strength in the reserve, our strength to make ibadah also, G. Yeah, Mufti, I see you uh, got that cook there. Yeah, he says you're making rabbit palau. What <laughs> you <rather? laughs> I'm going to invite you for the rabbit palau. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Yusuf. Yusuf reckon, no, you must throw some prawns with it, then you may chow the rabbit, right, Mufti? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
we're looking at this uh, question. It says, uh, uh, Mufti Saab, Jazakallah Khaira for being with us. We really missed you and we are enjoying you. Uh, he says, uh, Mufti Saab, what is the ruling on fasting only the 10th of Muharram? Did we do that? I don't, I'm not too sure. No, we didn't uh, do that. Uh, we didn't respond to that yet. So uh, see, the Sunnah is uh, the 9th or the 10th or the 10th and the 11th. That is to oppose the Jews because the Jews only use those fast on the 10th of Muharram. Uh, because uh, that's the day when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and drowned Fir'aun. So out of reverence and respect for that day, they fasted. So Rasulullah when he came to Medina, he said, uh, I will definitely oppose you next year coming. I will fast uh, either a day before or a day after that. So according to Hanafis, it is makro also uh, to fast only on the 10th of Muharram. Whoever wants to fast, they uh, should uh, either precede it on one day or fast one day after that. Uh, Muft. Mufti Saab, are we allowed to mourn the death of Hussein uh, radiallahu anhu, uh, Mufti Saab? Yes, uh, also a question commonly asked by the people, what happens on the 10th of Ashura? So Ashura did not become great and auspicious because of the demise of uh, the grandson of Rasulullah, Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu. It was auspicious since the day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is created, day, night, time, months, etc. You know, So uh, we shouldn't be uh, deceived. Uh, by, by uh, many of these people are there claiming that it's a day of mourning. Mourning in Islam is only permitted for those who've lost a family member. They are permitted to mourn for three days in Islam. And a wife who's lost a husband, she can mourn for four months and ten days, the duration of the Iddah period. Other than that, Shifa, there's no need to mourn. If we have to mourn the death of every person that we know, the Sahaba, all the Anbiya, then our entire life will be a day of mourning and there will be no joy, happiness, and time for ibadah and any other thing, you know. So mourning on the 10th of Ashura, that is not an Islamic uh, practice. That be- belongs to the Shia religion, which is completely different from uh, the Islamic religion. You know? So people shouldn't be deceived with their ji. Uh, you know what, I'm thinking when you're talking about mourning. So it won't be like what Yusuf Islam said, mourning has broken. You would have <laughs> said, mourning has broken, yeah. <laughs> it will go on forever, <laughs> I tell you, uh, Mufti Saab is sharp there. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Uh, great to have you back and uh, Jazakallah khair. Uh, what, uh, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm amazed. I can't believe this. In Makkah, it says most shops are selling non-alcoholic beer. What is the ruling? Hey, they call it, I think they call it Bobby Can, if I'm not mistaken, Mufti Saab. Yes, they call it Bavaria. It is so many different names. In fact, Shafat, you know, uh, been doused in all these places, uh, places, uh, that people are familiar with. Uh, when me and my wife went in there, we saw a, a, an entire aisle dedicated in the fridge section, you know, that dedicated to the selling of non-alcoholic beer. So, uh, some of these Arabs, they are obsessed with uh, drinking non-alcoholic beer, but we know it contains uh, traces of, uh, of, uh, alcohol as well. So our ruling remains the same, even if Makkah, Makkah sells pork also, we saw the last time. Uh, Saudis uh, consuming pork also. So uh, you should be careful when going to uh, the blessed lands and the holy lands. You know, not everything there is permissible and halal to you just because uh, you have entered a so-called Islamic country. Don't be uh, fooled by all of these things. Even if it's in a Muslim shop, don't buy these non-alcoholic beers. It remains uh, something dubious. You know, we should refrain from these things. It is not for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us in all our pilgrims. And uh, those people going for Umrah should take heed of these things, I mean, Mufti Sahib, can the husband claim half of the wife's wealth upon divorce finalized in circular court? No, it, 
uh, it is not permissible. So these people, they go into anti-natural contracts and they get married in court. So at the time of divorce, in divorce settlements, then uh, 50% will be ruled uh, for the husband and 50% will be ruled for the wife, for example. They will have to share whatever they've accumulated throughout their marriage. So this, uh, there's no basis for this in Islam. In Islam, what the wife has worked for, that belongs exclusively to her. And similarly, what the husband has worked for, unless uh, they have designated or stated or stipulated that uh, this person will receive that amount of money, etc. If there's no condition like that, then you should remember there's no settlements like this uh, when it comes to divorce. The wife will walk away with all the earnings that she has worked for, and similarly the husband, neither one can claim for uh, from the other partner or the other spouse. G. Uh, Mufti Sahib, can we combine Ashura fasting with misfast of Ramadan? Uh, we cannot do that. If you're a Hanafi follower, you cannot do that. You will have to fast the days of Ramadan that you must. And remember, people, that is wajib. You have to pay in uh, the debt. Uh, the sunnah fasting of Ashura, that is a sunnah fasting, you know. So uh, that is completely different. So uh, what you can do is if uh, that day comes first, fast Ashura, and then after that, immediately pay in your debts of Ramadan or fast the days of Ramadan that you must prior to the days of Ashura. For Shafi people, Shafat, they can combine the intention of Ashura with most days of Ramadan. They'll be getting the reward of both, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Can we draw eyebrows with kajal or kajal if our eyebrows are thin or hair is uh, falling or the hair turning gray? They take the kajal <laughs> and they cover it like uh, Hey, can yes, you uh, say what kind of eyebrows is this? Is a look like Leonardo da Vinci's painting? <laughs> <laughs> yes, or Dame Edna or one of those English uh, people, you know, drawing one day happy eyebrows, the next day said eyebrows. And so you'll be drawing, you know, you should be contented. There's other ways and means. However, it is permissible for married females. Uh, it will not be permissible for unmarried females because that will be deception. And deception is not allowed in Islam. So they will be deceiving prospective future spouses. So that's why Islam is not permitted uh, single ladies or, or unmarried females to draw these type of eyebrows from married females, if it will enhance their beauty and it will please their husbands, and then they can use a schedule and uh, draw those particular or extend uh, the lines of their eyebrows. G. Now, Mufti Sahib, you know, you go to this uh, hairdresser, headra- you know, most of our Pakistani uh, brothers are cutting hairs for South Africans nowadays, and uh, he looks at your uh, eyebrows and says, ah, uh, uh, brother, the eyebrows are very bushy and he wants to cut it. If the brother allows uh, the uh, uh, the, the hairdresser to cut his eyebrows. Uh, what's the Islamic ruling on that, uh, Mufti Sahib? See, that is not permissible. There will be shaping of the eyebrows. So shaping of the eyebrows is not permissible. What you, what is permissible is to remove the unibrow that connects the two eyebrows, you know, and those strands that grow wild sometimes that they refer to as bushy, those single strands that you can remove because uh, it might be unsightly for for females and it might uh, be a harm for men as well, you know, sometimes causing twitching of the eye or a person will start scratching there. So those single strands that they can remove, but shaping it into beautiful uh, eyebrows, that is not permissible uh, in Islam, Shabbat. People should be uh, very, very careful when doing these things because for the person uh, in the seat, uh, you know, he'll be paying a fee and for the other person on the opposite side, the barber, he'll be coining it on that side. So you don't give them permission unless they ask you first and you explain to them the ruling G. Yeah, and they say, uh, Mufti, can I trim your beard? What you tell them, Mufti? I don't allow them uh, to, to touch my beard, uh, Shafat. Sometimes there's a uh, 
uh, strains are growing while that uh, we allow to make it neat, you know. But uh, the length, reducing the length, that I don't allow them and they know because uh, sometimes my face will chase them away when I go into these shops, you know. I, I look very, very stern at them and I tell them you only cut where and how I tell you to cut, G. Ah, very good, the Mufti Sahib. Uh, what is uh, Mufti's thoughts about the removal of the barrier wall around the Ka'abatullah, Mufti? Yes, I think you also received a couple of billion uh, pictures and messages and clips regarding <laughs> the removal of, uh, same like Ashwat, the removal. Now, see, they promised to do it those days when we were in Makkah a couple of weeks ago. They said they're going to remove it, and uh, then they delayed it until now. My question to all those people, yes, we should be happy, is why was it there in the first place? Why did you do oppression to us Muslims, to the Ummah of Rasulullah? It didn't belong there in the first place. Do not expect us to be happy now with something that was never ever part of Islam in the first place. I think it is a distraction for other things happening in Saudi Arabia, like the line and the new city and all those things, you know, to distract us from uh, the developments that is happening in and around Saudi Arabia. So to make the Muslims happy and to, to sort of silence them, uh, they remove the whole of the Kaaba. It could be back in the future, Shafat, we never over these Saudis. Yes, sir, Mufti Sahib, this question says, Assalamu alaikum. Is there anything wrong with requesting blood tests before <laughs> proposing? Hey, hey, I think you need more than blood tests. You need to even go to for a psychological test too. <laughs> yes, and now you'll have to throw in an AIDS test, COVID test, and monkeypox virus test. <laughs> There'll be so many tests that uh, most people will remain single and people won't be uh, uh, getting married anytime soon. But from a purely fiki perspective, it is permissible uh, to find out if that person has hereditary uh, these types of diseases or if that person uh, in the unfortunate event is HIV possible, uh, positive also. So if you have a suspicion, then don't, sus- uh, you know, suspicion can be sin sometimes. You ask that person upright uh, to give you a medical record. You can do that, Shafat. There's nothing wrong with that. Even asking a person to go for a test also, but that should not be for a uh, part of the criteria when uh, proposing uh, for marriage, you know, that if you decide to do so, do it with ethics, do it with a uh, good character, and uh, uh, do not cause harm to other people also, G. Uh, Mufti Sahib, can we attend Ashura lectures, or is it an innovation, uh, as someone will say, is it a bidat? Yes, uh, these things are becoming also now innovation. See, now, sometimes we condemn uh, lectures happening on, uh, on, uh, on other uh, auspicious uh, occasions, etc. And uh, then we create our own Ashura programs, Ashura lecture, Ashura this, Ashura that, you know, to sort of com- commercializing uh, Islam and capitalizing on that. There's nothing wrong with the Imam if he de- decides to, on that particular day, without any appointment, or prior to that or after that also, if he decides to address his congregation and uh, inform them about the historical uh, events that occurred, on the day of Ashura, and of course for info, information purposes, because there's many, many misconceptions regarding Ashura and many false creeds and uh, Akida happening here from other communities that claim to be Muslim. So in that uh, case, uh, then it will be permissible, but the events and uh, getting together and making food and party and merrymaking and all of these things, these are all acts of innovation, Shabbat. Absolutely, Mufti Sahib. Assalamu alaikum. Can children born from a Christian marriage inherited from the mother who embraced Islam and passed away as a Muslim? If in the case where a person has embraced Islam and that person uh, remained as a Muslim and died as a Muslim also, then non-Muslim heirs cannot inherit from uh, that person because there's no inheritance between a Muslim and a non-Muslim, even vice versa. 
if uh, the mother was Christian and the children became Muslim, then that mother will not be entitled to any inheritance and shares from uh, their children as well. Wasiya is one thing, a bequest is one thing that is permissible, but not inheritance. After the demise of that Muslim mother or Muslim parent, then uh, those uh, uh, non-Muslim children, they will not be allowed to inherit a single cent from uh, that Muslim parent. G. Safra is investigating a J&J vaccine-related death, and we should prepare for a sixth wave. Any advice, Mufti Saab? The fear has begun. <laughs> the fear will always be there. That uh, particular death is called uh, Julian uh, Barre disease. Now, I spoke about it one and a half years ago, and they called me a mental case when I told them that uh, this particular vaccine and most vaccines will give uh, neurological side effects. Now, this uh, Julian Barre disease, it is quite rare, but it occurs. Uh, people will become sort of paralyzed. It will affect their respiratory system and all of these things. So people must be careful. You know, now uh, they only are uh, citing that one uh, vaccine death. We know there's many, many more. They won't tell us. But we know for a fact, we know people who passed away also. Uh, the VIRS uh, app and all these things. There's many people and many people will still continue to pass away because of vaccine-related uh, deaths. You know, so that is there. Secondly, Shafat, the sixth wave, seventh wave, all these waves will come uh, most probably and people will have to live with it and uh, live around it also. So don't let them scare us again and uh, push us in a corner like what they did to us for the last uh, 28, 29 months. You know that we are matured now. We have all the knowledge and information available and we will live past all of the scare tactics. Assalamu alaikum. Can my boss uh, deduct from my wages citing? I'm uh, spending too much time on my cell phone. Hey, if I was your <laughs> boss, I'll take your cell phone away. <laughs> yes, I agree with you 100%. You know why? Because uh, you are paid to do work during the working hours. If you are sitting on your cell phone on WhatsApp and chatting and cheating, then you are stealing uh, from uh, your employer's uh, hours that is paid you to do that. You know, So that is not permissible. You are, in fact, eating and chowing haram. So your, your boss has all the right to deduct uh, some of your wages, some of your monies, uh, because you didn't work during those hours unless he's given you time to uh, to use your cell phone during working hours for work-related uh, matters and issues. Then uh, he can't deduct. But if he did not specify anything, then you are disloyal and you are deceiving, and uh, he can deduct G. Yeah, then say, boss, but it's my constitutional rights. You're taking away my rights, boss, and I'm looking up. I see you on your phone also. What happens then, Mufti? <laughs> yeah, but the, he's the boss. Remember, he's the boss. You know, uh, he's the boss <laughs> by the same rules as uh, those people that he's employed. But what people do secretly, you see also cashers, this one, that one. Just go, even in the, uh, the hospital, Shafat, the nurses walking all day with their cell phone, uh, pretending that they are doing some work. But we know they're busy uh, chatting, you know, and looking at their messages. Gee. Yeah, it's already, you know, a big distraction. Uh, is my husband allowed to wear a silver bracelet? Hey! The brother is addicted to his bracelets, uh, Mufti Saab. No, uh, uh, we've, we said that before also, if you remember correctly, Shabbat, we've addressed it before, that the only thing that is permissible for a Muslim male is a silver ring. Uh, you know, and uh, that also that has to be in accordance with the Sunnah. So uh, silver chains, silver bracelets, etc., all these type of adornments and jewelry, that is exclusively for female usage. It is not permissible for males to wear these type of things, let alone a gold also or platinum. Stick to your silver ring as Rasulullah made a silver ring, and then you'll be, uh, of course, emulating the sunnah. Gee. Well, forget gold finger, people. I know about some guys got gold tooth. Mufti Saab. 
I don't know. I mean, you look at the guy hey, giving a big smile, and he holds a smile because he wants you to look at his gold tooth. What's the ruling on gold tooth, Mufti? Because he thinks he's 007. So uh, gold tooth, <laughs> gold tooth, and uh, uh, you know, if you put it in uh, any uh, gold uh, limbs, etc., that is permissible. Uh, even silver ones is permissible because once a hobby, that his nose was cut off during one battle and he used wood in order to make a corrective surgery. And Rasulullah told him, actually, why didn't you take uh, a nose made out of silver? So from there, the ulama did use that uh, silver and gold for that uh, type of purposes. If there's no other alternatives, then uh, people can use it for medical uh, reasons. And that is, of course, for reconstructive uh, surgery and not uh, merely for adornment. People don't uh, use here in Cape Town, you'll find people using in their dentures gold inlays and rubies and emeralds and dollar signs and all these funny, funny things people are using Shabbat. Now, that is not permissible, you know, that is uh, defeating the objective, G. Yeah, having a ruby tooth. Hey, I wonder how they can chow with the ruby tooth, uh, Mufti Sahib. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we leave it at that. Now, look at this question. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Uh, what is your ruling on stunning an animal before slaughter? So uh, my, my personal view on that is uh, the actually causing harm now because you're shocking the animal and you're putting him in distress and his BP will be going up and will cause uh, various type of difficulties for that animal. You know, if it is a big animal, you have to learn to bring it down. Okay, and they know how to do it. We slaughter cows here on the farm, etc. There's ways and means to do that uh, by stunning an animal, uh, palpitations, and all these things will be happening to its internal uh, system, its organs, etc. Because you're stunning it with a high-voltage uh, machine. If it's, it's like me shocking you uh, multiple times, you know, and uh, you'll feel what it is like to do that, you know. So I'm uh, completely against uh, stunning of animals. You want to slaughter, slaughter according to Sharia, according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, commanded us to do, and that is cutting off the four veins. Even big animals you can do and slaughter like that. What did the people do prior to the, 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 uh, uh, all these uh, instruments, you know, prior to the invention of all these instruments? How did people in generations before us, they didn't have access to all these things? And they didn't mass consume like how we consuming today. So our glutton and greed is creating an avenue and a path for all these things. And that's why we're ending up with animals uh, that uh, the meat has probably been soiled because of being shot and treated in this way. And that's why we're getting uh, all these type of diseases, Shafarji. Mufti Sahib, uh, TikTok has uh, dangerous uh, trends. Any Islamic advice uh, for our youth? I told people so many times, get off this TikTok, you know, the Chinese own uh, company. It is a propaganda tool and it is uh, there to indoctrinate people, but people don't hear. The other day, a 12 year old child, uh, the British court ruled that the, uh, uh, the doctors should uh, put off the machine because he was on life support for following a, a TikTok trend, you know, and uh, asphyxiation. And uh, he became brain dead. And after five months, they ruled that uh, put it off. Now, the people do this. Just uh, the, yesterday, someone was telling me the new challenge is to drink a 500 uh, milliliter bottle of Sprite cool drink. Uh, without burping, so you'll be injuring yourself. So all these dangerous trends uh, exist out there, and uh, the adults don't have supervision of the children's phones or the children's phones, and uh, this is becoming a harmful society. Stay off this. There's nothing you can benefit on TikTok, not even Islamic videos or Shabbat, because it all consists of music and other things. G. Yeah, and they do your yeah, all these underlay and all these things. Uh, as you said, uh, all these. Uh, Shaitanic messages coming through and uh, <laughs> capturing the minds of the uh, children. Mufti Sahib, absolutely. Mashallah in your company this morning. Uh, perhaps your parting words? 
Jazakallah Shafat. I hope that uh, we meet up soon, inshallah. May Allah bless this ummah, forgive our shortcomings, and guide and protect us during uh, this new year. Jazakallah khairul jazah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And big jazakallah khaira to Mufti Saab there. And all of you for sending in those uh, questions. And uh, Yusuf Asmal for brilliant engineering. Hey, you're a top tech, Yusuf. You're a top tech. Keep it locked on to, uh, yeah. Keep it locked on to Sirius FM for beautiful uh, programming and uh, the spiritual hour will come through, uh, you know, the the, the roots and uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain will be giving the translation of the uh, khutbah from the Holy Lands. From the team and I, till we uh, meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You tuned to Sirius FM 105.7.